0: Sonic States. <smug> What's call? Cool.
1: Well, um, let's go then. Uh, Hello and welcome everybody. Sonic Talk number 151. We are recording this live as we speak, or as I speak, on uh, Wednesday the 21st of October. Going to be available on iTunes in edited format on the 22nd of October. That's a Thursday, our usual published day. In fact, um, but if you listen live at sonicstate.com forward slash live at 4pm UK time, you get to hear all of the unedited nonsense that we talk, some of which is not for broadcast. So, just get over there. 4pm UK time Wednesday, if you're hearing this for the first time, see you next week. Well, you won't see us next week, actually, because next week I've got the week off, but uh, the week after, perhaps. So uh, joining me, uh, we've got a healthy, healthy um, bunch in the chat room. Hello to everybody in the chat room. And hello to everybody who's on the line with me. And the first of those are, let's say hello to Rich Hilton, back from Argentina. It's true. And boy, are my arms tired. Are they? <laughs> yeah.
2: Why is that? You have to carry the keyboard. No, it's the old joke about I just flew in from Argentina ah. and boy are my
0: arms.
1: I gotcha. Had
0: fun. Though.
2: Had big fun though.
1: Excellent. So, uh, yeah, I got a couple of tweets from you. I noticed that you were sort of sitting on the, you know, sitting for connecting flights, waiting for your, uh, you know, waiting for the flights and stuff. And so, long trip, but a uh, good gig?
2: Yes, it was. It was. In a place I'd never been. So, uh, and for me, a surprising gig because, as you know, I haven't been playing in chic these days. And... uh was invited back to play in a different role than I'd been playing for all of those years, so it was very interesting yeah. and fun.
1: Yeah. Did you? Was it one show or more than one show, or just uh, how did it work? It was one show. Wow. The Personal Fest 2009. Okay. So was it a private gig or a because because quite often you play private parties, don't you?
2: It was a festival in front of thousands and thousands of people. Oh
1: wow! Brilliant.
2: Yeah. It was a you know another large audience. I posted some pics on my Facebook page. Oh, I'll have
1: to check that out. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Will do. Yeah. Well, Rich, good to have you back. Uh, MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius. Uh, and, oh, look, here's, here's Mark. I'll go and get him. Does. Hey, Mark.
3: Oh, goodness. Hello? Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Super. I just had an altercation with a 12-year-old boy. Really? One of your own or just um, just a, a random? No, not one of mine, actually. I was coming around the town in one hell of a hurry, and I sort of came to this... Uh... Zebra crossing and this young lad was walking across it and just decided to stand in front of my car making various different hand signals for sort of way too long for me to get back here quickly enough. Really? How strange. So I shouted bugger off at him out the window and East thought it was hilarious and absolute fits of laughter in the back of the car. (laughs) And then he trashed your car. No, no, he didn't. And he said, why don't you? At the top of his voice. I'm back trying
1: back. to, you said. <laughs> yes,
3: exactly. <laughs> Kids, eh? Yes, you've got to love them. Got you got to read? watch
1: out. Well, Mark Tinley, autismhero.com, fresh in from the outside. Just managed to come sit down and join us for our weekly chit-chat and Sonic Talk here. Good to have you S- aboard. Still wearing my coat, even. Oh, really? Is it, is, is it, it, off, is it a though? noisy coat? We'll soon find out, I guess. No, oh, it's a it's a flying jacket. Okay, not too, not too noisy. Soft lambs, furry, furry lambs. Oh right, well, brilliant. Good to have you here, Mark. And uh, that other chuckle you heard there was uh, Dave Spears from g 4
4: software.com Dot com. Hello, how are you? Hello. I'm okay. Thank you. Had a good week. Yeah, I've had a really fascinating week uh i've been throwing out loads and loads of stuff we're moving we've got stuff all over the place right and various places are sort of coming up for the end of leases and things like that so i've been basically um taking stuff out of one place deciding whether to throw some of it away and then moving it to another and there's so much stuff really thrown any monkey bikes away uh no but there is one kicking around that i'd looked at the other day and thought "Mm, maybe i should just give that to somebody i know hello <laughs> <laughs> hey dave
1: mark mark dave i believe mark has a has a fascination with uh, with them ah seems like we just lost dave interesting something you said
3: yeah maybe i've got a casio vz8m which i offered to people and somebody said yes to but i don't know where that person's gone they were in europe and it was going to cost 40 dollars to post it and i don't know if he wants it or not So if anybody else wants it, if they don't if anyone in the UK wants a Casio VZ, a VZ8M while we're free cycling <laughs> yeah send me an email
1: right okay well uh, let's let's get on um first of all I want to say I've got a wave drum arrived this morning having a lot of fun with it it's uh, this sort of you can hear it against the um, the the noise I'm making if I have to turn my mic down then you'll hear just the drum, because it makes a hell of a noise when you hit it. It's like a real drum. It's like a physical instrument. It's really quite, uh, you know, quite drum-like. <laughs> what else can I say? But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a mess around with that in, uh, in the coming days. Although uh, next week, of course, we won't be here, or at least I won't be here, because I'm taking uh, the, the do- my daughter and family to Disney, Disney uh, in Paris for, for the week. So hopefully um, we'll be having fun there instead, but we we'll are back the week after. Um, let's have a look. What should we do first? I think we could do uh What about the talking piano? That was pretty bonkers, wasn't it? Oh, actually, yes, talking piano. Let's have a listen to that.
0: Alles klar? Wohl well, kaum, das lässt sich aber ganz einfach ändern.
1: won't play all of it because it's not um particularly pleasant on the ear but that was in fact uh the sound of uh, a talking piano and it was uh, it's really weird uh, it's made by uh, as far as i understand i couldn't quite make out that, that much information for it because it was in german and uh, the the subtitles had been uh, translated fairly well but they didn't actually say that much about the instrument itself but it was all part of a uh a modern art installation. It was one of uh, the Vine Modern, Well, out of ten cultural institution, institutions asked for an artistic contribution to an event in Palazzo Ducal in Venice. And uh, that was the, I think it was some kind of constitutional statement that they uh, had a small child read in. And then this uh, Austrian composer, Peter Ablinger, transferred it, the frequency spectrum of the child's voice, into his computer um, and it somehow extrapolated all the kind of the 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 uh frequency information into notes and then had it played back out onto his he's got this piano which has a mechanical piano and that's kind of what you heard that was a piano being triggered to the sound of a voice and it's it kind of pretty pretty wild really i don't know i thought uh, rich i saw that you posted this on your uh, myspace um page so I'm, I'm guessing it must have tickled your fancy in some way
2: yeah i found it really interesting and uh as they said in the caption on the YouTube video, it's much easier when you're reading the text as you're listening to what's going on. But still, it's a pretty spectacular achievement.
1: I enjoyed it. It is. I mean, I can imagine that, um, you know, I mean, because they, they played a bit of the kid speaking, and he was, as far as I could gather, English maybe wasn't his native tongue. So, I mean, if they got someone with great diction and great, you know, like a radio voice or something to, to, to read it, it might have been more, even more intelligible, where well, you wouldn't need well, the text as well.
2: I'd I'd like to take this opportunity then to announce my candidacy formally. (laughs) You're going to go for that? (laughs) Yeah, sure.
1: I wonder if we could, yeah, maybe, yeah, it's very hard to find out who these people were and there were no links and stuff. And my um, very cursory research didn't really yield much more information at all (laughs) than that.
4: But, you know, kind of cool though. Dave? Dave? Um, yeah, no, interesting, I played it and uh, I quite enjoyed it, but my missus has an inherent loathing of um, all the, all things vocodery, I think she was frightened by Sparky's Magic Piano years ago, so oh. she, just, she just kept saying, turn it down, turn it down, every time I bring a vocoder back to this place, she's fairly often, and start mucking about with it, she's always like, don't like it, don't like it. Really? Yeah. That, so, yeah.
1: That's very strange, isn't it? I wonder why.
4: everything just doesn't matter what vocoder it is and
1: i mean it it did have it did i must admit though it did have a certain kind of um spooky kind of horror film quality to it i mean you could you could imagine using it in a horror film soundtrack couldn't you
4: yeah it would be good for that
1: hold on i'm just pasting the link up to the talking piano in uh in the chat room that's why i need i need my intern here to be managing the chat room and pasting all the links in but uh, sadly there is no one for me (laughs) <laughs> mark
3: i suspect this this appealed to your spooky sound design kind of nature i really liked it yeah and what would happen if I mean, i'm assuming they used some kind of midi style trigger maybe i'm old and midi's gone now and that's some other sequencing protocol but um they must have sent some information to that Play a piano for it to play those things so what would happen if you send that information to Just, a harpsichord on a synth or chemical yeah, yeah. uh, mm. another synth patch and uh it could get quite interesting Or well,
1: what would happen if the if the voice was singing that's what i'd like to know you know if they had like a child singing that would be really amazing because obviously you could use a sustain paddle and stuff maybe i don't know would that work uh
3: Probably. yes because it's pulling the formants out of the voice isn't it when we're speaking we are speaking in musical tones i suppose anyway. mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if you would need
1: two instruments whether you need something percussive like the piano for the formants and then another instrument to kind of provide the uh, the actual body main body of the of the of the sound hmm.
2: well that was what was interesting to me about this is that in the talking they managed to simulate both the vowels and the consonants pretty effectively there was a whole lot of really, really high piano stuff for anything that was sibilant. Yeah. For example, anytime they got to a T or an S or an X or whatever, they, you know, the top octave was being used, and it was just—it was kind of fascinating to see how they simulated the shifting pitch of the way vowels go.
1: It's also—it sounded a bit like um, a vocoder in itself, isn't it? You get that, like, um, like the old EMS uh, two thousand vocoder had a sort of there's a, a parameter called stuff, I think, which gives it that that sort of sound which uh, you kind of got from the piano a bit, because they used the very, very high notes quite a lot uh, en masse. You know, if you watch, they were being sort of stomped on quite regularly to give the extra sibilance to the sound. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting, Dave, that you say that uh, that Louise doesn't like vocodas. Did, I suppose, um, Rich, forgive us for mentioning it, but I, I, I'm hoping everybody got a chance to see Synth Britannia on Friday.
4: Of course.
1: What a great program! Wow. Well, that's uh, that was on BBC Four, uh, and it was basically it, it was a program about the history of uh, British electro pop, which kind of started. And Daniel Miller was very uh, fortunate in you know he was he was actually one of the first people to talk. And there was one point in the in the um, in the in, in the whole piece where he said that he he basically bought the uh, vocoder from Autobahn, the craftwork yes. vocoder. And, uh, you know, there's a picture of him with it, which is uh, quite exciting. But I guess that wouldn't mean anything to Louise. She'd probably run screaming <laughs> into the other room. <laughs> but- yeah, no,
4: I bring various vocoders into the house, particularly the VP330s. And I'm always kind it. of going, oh, this is slightly different. The Mark 1's slightly different to the Mark 2. You can hear it here. And she's just like, it just sounds horrible. Take it away. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I
2: sense some sort of uh, clockwork orange like scenario taking place uh, yeah, at this house. <laughs> <laughs> I just you wear a bowler hat and a copy of a Tony player.
1: Torturing his wife with different vocoders. So here's the Korg. Ah! Yeah. But anyway, very interesting piece, uh, Synth Britannia. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, the, the, you know, craft work are pretty much single handedly kind of accredited with firing the spark underneath uh, Daniel Miller's band, The Normal, or uh, orchestral manoeuvres in the dark, uh, Vince Clark, you know, lots of people. And there was some really good interview footage with Vince Clark as well. Lots of stuff. I mean, it was, and, and Depeche Mode as well. Brilliant, brilliant piece. Uh, and Daniel Miller had a
4: quote for me. He really did. When he was saying about, you know, it being kind of post-punk, and he was saying the problem with punk is that you had to learn three chords. With the synth, you just had to press one note. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he was very erudite, I thought. In fact, they all were. Um, anyway, um, the, back to the talking piano. Um, a, a, a Austrian composer, Pete Ablinger, and he transferred the frequency spectrum into his child's voice, into his computer, and I would like to hear more. I'd like to get in touch with him and see more videos of him maybe like trying singing and trying some other kind of things. I think that would be absolutely fantastic.
2: I think we should get Mark's son. Yeah, my son.
1: send him some MP3s yes. of East talking, and and Rich, absolutely. yourself, at the same time. Sure. Compare and contrast. Okay. <laughs> Do it. I, uh, oh, people in the chat room want me to test my latency, so I'm just going uh, to hit something in the chat room. Uh, Somebody pinch Nick. No, and play the wave drum. <laughs> there was a slight latency. I, I just typed Bing. Anyway, never mind. Let's get on to something else. Rich. Yes. And all I've got here is tell me about parallel compression. And uh, all I've got in my notes is I have an idea about what this would be, but somebody, can you put me in the picture? And I'm kind of looking in your direction, Rich, because I have a feeling that you might be the person who might be able to explain parallel compression to me because I have a, I'm not sure I do know what it is.
2: Well, it just goes to show you how misled a man can be because <laughs> I haven't the slightest idea what parallel compression is. Okay, I mean, unless it's multiband compression... Or side chaining frequencies separately, so that you're compressing them separately, which is sort of what multi-band compression does. Um,
1: I wonder if I, it's. I wonder if it's what you when you when you. Bust, do I have to be? Do I have to be like laying down or parallel to the floor in order for it to work? I'm I reckon quite, it's got to be bussing to uh, bussing to uh, say the drum mix to a compressor on a bus, and having the stereo mix and the compressed mix coming up at the same time. Would that sound exactly, reasonable? Oh, exactly right. Is that well, right? I yep. do that all the time.
2: <laughs> so what do you
1: want to know? Tell me about um, it. <laughs> well,
2: I, well, what I'll do is I'll work on the drum sound as individual tracks until I'm satisfied sort of with each thing yeah. speaking properly within its its sort of contextual whole. Yeah. And then often for mixing purposes, I'll, I'll bust them all to a stereo bus just because that way I don't have to adjust 12 things in a group. I can adjust one thing on a stereo fader once I get my levels set properly. And then as I'm mixing, I'll find that I need it to flatten out just a bit more overall so that it speaks properly in the context of everything I've now placed around it. And so on to the stereo fader, we'll go whatever processing I feel is most suited to that task. Um, and that's what I can tell you about it. Oh, got but quite you. often, my, my mixes end up that way where... Not just with drums, but in any given group circumstances, the individual elements of the group will have their own compression to bring them each into perspective. But then I want to bring the whole thing a little further into perspective as a whole. And so whether it's compression or EQ or whatever, I'll find it uh, desirable to treat them individually, but then again as a group. Okay, I got uh, you. All of, which without, all of which done without trying to make it sound too obviously like I'm compressing the crap out of everything, which is what I hear in people's records these days all the time. It
1: drives me nuts. Well, um, Akai Pete in the chat room has uh, been to Wikipedia and has posted, Parallel compression is achieved by mixing a dry or slightly compressed signal with a heavily compressed identical signal. It is thought to maintain the subtleties of a performance while stabilizing the dynamics. That's pretty much what you said.
2: Well, I've done that too, and what that does is it allows you in a sort of envelope way to control the ratio of attack to sustain portion by mixing the relative levels of the uncompressed signal, which will contain all of the attacks and the sibilants and all of the little spiky waveforms that we love so dearly. and uh, But then the way that mixes is a ratio with what follows it, what comes behind the attack, as I'm constantly harping about with Vienna. So uh, in that case, with with mixing the dry and the, and the uncompressed signal, it would be after achieving that kind of ratio where you're allowing the uncompressed. It, you can sort of achieve the same thing in a good compressor by slowing up the attack and using a mix knob. A lot of the compressors nowadays have a mix knob, certainly in software and in one or two in hardware, that so allows you, you to direction. mix the uncompressed signal through the machine and mix it along with, you know. so the people are actually building that into individual... Pieces I know. Uh, the Chandler Germanium, infamous nine knob compressor that I was breaking Wade's chops about at AES, um, has this feature, and the software ones that uh, McDSP has recently released have it.
1: I guess the big problem is, I mean, obviously in hardware, um, you didn't really have to worry about phase or delay or anything like that. But I guess if you're doing it inside the box and the additional processing, you you must have bus com- um, you must have plug-in delay compensation for it to work properly, right?
2: I suppose so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I tend not
2: to drag things into two adjacent faders and put different chains on them in general uh, in software. So, but uh, as I say in uh, the DSP for example, they have this wonderful little mix knob and also attack control. So if you you know soften up the attack and use the mix knob right, you can achieve that same ratio adjustment between attack and sustain portions of a sound.
1: I got you. I got you, Mark. Is that um, something that you find yourself doing? Parallel compression is that a Is that a technique for you?
3: Um, I don't know if I've ever done it or not. I've (laughs) listened to all those explanations. Uh, Isn't so? It's got nothing to do with any side chaining or linking of things at all, then. I don't think so. No, it's like a separate
1: compression bus that you you mix, you merge back into the the main signal,
3: signal. The only thing I've merged back into the main signal was the main signal itself and then brought it back in on two faders with the, with the uh, phase reversed at the top of the channel strips, and then used that to push the stereo image wider right. and run that on a tr- track, which I mute and unmute, so that when it comes to the chorus, the stereo image just collapses and goes sort of weird. And then when it comes back to the verse, it all goes back. To the, the verse and stereo. Uh, the verse and chorus have not only different dynamics, but vastly different stereo imaging. Oh, okay, that's fun. an interesting technique. It sounds weird, actually. Yeah, you have to be careful <laughs> with that. I imagine it's not terribly mono or MP3 I listen, compatible. I listened to something the other day that I'd done that on, and it's like, um, well, I I can. It's like I can only imagine Dave's inner ear. Uh, problem <laughs> to be, that when I was sitting in front of the speakers and the, and the, the, cor- the chorus kind of came up and I went, wow, that's big. And then it went back to the verse and kind of collapsed and I nearly fell off my seat. It was the strangest <laughs> thing, like the speakers had just moved across the room in front of me. But anyway, <laughs> nothing to do with compression, but... <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Well, um, I think it's probably about time for an ad now. So uh, we'd like to say welcome the first of our our sponsors uh, who back with us again, Yamaha UK. We're really uh, pleased to have them back. We really appreciate their support. And uh, one thing that they want to let you know about is a uh, couple of things, actually. They've got a monthly podcast called the Yamaha Download, uh, which is a very nicely produced affair. And it it concentrates on music, uh, all aspects of music performance, creation, production, including interview with key artists, latest product news, competitions, tutorials and stuff. There is quite a lot of Yamaha to it, but there's also a lot of general interest. So it's not just like a big Yamaha kind of love fest. It's actually an interesting program and it's all right. And I thoroughly recommend you go and check it out. You can either go there uh, to Yamaha uk, or go to sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha, where there's a page with some links and it just helps them track where they came from from so it might make more sense and also they've got a a, a month a monthly newsletter uh, which again uh, is you know while it is quite Yamaha, there's also uh, quite a lot of inside information you get in terms of product releases around showtime and before um, that we don't get maybe before the press releases go out. So it's a good place to keep an eye on uh, on things that are up and coming. So once again, if, if you head over to sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha, we've put a, a landing page there where you can zip off and check out the uh, eShot sign up or also the the Yamaha download podcast, and they can track it a lot better and it will make sense. But once again, we'd like to thank very much. We'd like to thank uh, Yamaha.co.uk for coming back to the podcast and joining us in a sort of sponsorship sense. Uh, It really helps everything keep going, and uh, we very much appreciate it. Thanks again to them. Uh, Can I
4: just say something about this Some parallel compression? Yes, of course. Um, I asked an engineer about it um, who's who's a very good engineer, in my opinion, and he didn't know what it was, and then he went, oh, you mean New York compression. Oh, really? Because allegedly it's used by a lot of the bigwig New York producers. Um, And what he said is... You give it something like a seven milliseconds attack, the, compre- you know, the bust compression side of things. So like Rich said, you get, the, you get the attack transients from the original thing and then you get the, the compression kick in. But then also to avoid this kind of phase cancellation nonsense, what he does is stick a very tiny sample delay on the compressed track and that makes the drum sound really fat.
1: Oh, so you get that kind of slightly wetness
4: sort of vibe. Mm.
1: I've so try go. that. I'm is, I'm would, that would they be line. using? Would they be using something like the SSL bus compressor, or would that be uh, another brand, or is it? Because I mean, that's essentially what that was built for, wasn't it?
4: I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know to be honest. I mean, is the, bu- all... the
1: bus compressor used to be on the bus, but now they just stick it over the entire mix, don't they? So, hmm. yeah,
4: no. I mean, all of this will be done in Logic. I, I know suppose, this yeah. guy uses Logic huh. anyway.
1: Interesting. Oh, actually, incidentally, I put my first part of the logic review up. I think it was probably last week after the podcast. If anyone wants to take a look at that, I really enjoyed uh, doing it, and uh, I think it worked out quite well. And I learned quite a lot about what it can do. If anyone wants to know, I think I've I think I've summarised some of the points that we've discussed in the past. So check out the uh, logic nine pro review part one. I'm going to do another part probably when I get back from uh, from Disney.
2: Um, one more thing about parallel compression and the time when I learned about this, I had a girl whose vocal range dynamically was enormous. She went from incredibly quiet to incredibly loud, and it was very hard for me to record her. And that was when I first did this. Somebody suggested I put two microphones in front of her, a condenser for the uncompressed signal, yeah, and a dynamic, in this case, I think it was even a 57, and compress the crap out of it and merge them together. And that way, when she slams it, she's not beating up, the signal, because the, uh, the, the uncompressed mic is not as usually, you usually have a fair amount of the compression mixed in. And it uh, handled this overwhelming dynamic range very effectively. That's very useful.
1: Two mics. Hmm. You have to be careful about phase as well, I suppose, because you, right, have, you to... have to position them carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's lots and lots of ways of using. I mean, I I suspect that um, the kind of original uses of parallel compression have become somewhat kind of shortcutted and just stick the whole thing through the compressor these days for the maximization, whereas in the past it was used as a more subtle and uh, useful effect, I'm guessing.
2: Well, and yeah, and as I said, when you have a mix knob on the compressor that allows you to pass the uncompressed signal through the device, it minimizes the need for two mics or for any kind of phase worries.
1: Right. Um, well, that was parallel compression. I think we need to do the stylophone beatbox next because I think this is absolutely amazing.
0: Hi, it's Brett Domino here. Yeah? I'm 27 years old from Leeds, and we're going to do a special performance for you today uh, using the new stylophone, using the new stylophone beatbox. So, without further ado. Ah. Uh, uh. One for you, Rich. <coughs> I saw the hip-hop, the hippie, the hippie to the hip-hip. Hop You don't stop, me rock to the bang-bang, go sit up, jump the booty to the rhythm of the booty, the beat. Now what you hear, it's not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. See, I'm the... Domino and I'd like to say hello To the black to the white to the red and the brown The purple and yellow But first I gotta bang bang the boogie to the boogie to up jump the boogie to the bang bang Tell let's rock And you don't stop Rock the riddle that I'll make your body rock
1: Oh, I just want to play the whole thing, really, because it's a brilliant medley of... of, of (laughs) He goes into House of Pain (laughs) after that, and it's absolutely superb. That's Brett Domino there, who I think... um, I don't know whether... I'm guessing he's a satirist, but uh, it's hard to tell, because he holds his character absolutely perfectly every time. So he just comes across like a kind of nerdy... um, You know, a nerdy guy who just likes making YouTube videos, but I'm sure there's more to him than that. But that was, of course, the new, all-new Stylophone Beatbox, which you can buy now, apparently. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a circular keyboard, has 13 metal sound pads that will play a different percussion sound created by human beatboxer MC Zani, who was incidentally the winner of the 2008 Vauxhall UK Beatbox Championships. In case you didn't know, like a mini steel drum with electro attitude, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can find all this stuff on um, FindMeAGift.co.uk and various other gift sites. Nineteen ninety-nine pounds, or about thirty-five bucks.
4: Come oh. on! Wow! Everybody's getting that for me for Christmas. That's, yeah, Jesus! I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. I mean, I've got this wave drum here,
1: but I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the stylophone beatbox at the same time. And um, what a great video, eh? Dave, did you, did you get that? I just thought it was brilliant. It's got the groove.
4: Uh, yeah, Chris and I have become his biggest fan, I think. Um, in fact, we were even talking today, we were like, this is the kind of guy we need to take out to Nam to do our demos. He would just... <laughs> I don't think an awful lot of people would get it, but I think the ones who did get it would just laugh a lot. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's very, uh,
1: he's got kind of pasty, greasy hair that's painted. But yeah, I think he, uh, somebody said in the chat room, um, sorry, it's gone past. Uh, The governor, he was on Britain's Got Talent. He came out and did something and, you know, everybody laughed at him. And uh, it wasn't clear then whether he was in character or whether that's really him. But I think it must be a character. But that was uh, the the, the Brett Domino trio uh, was down to two for some reason, for reasons they didn't go into. But it (laughs) sounded like there might have been some kind of. uh-oh. disagreement and um, so we're that to was pursue uh, a solo career who knows <laughs> yeah. that was Brett Domino yeah. and the rather amusingly titled Stephen Peevis. i don't know why it's amusing and just kind of think it's a funny name i so, think these
2: are the grandchildren of the people who were in sparks <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great it though is. isn't it and he's got he, loads of other stuff because he also does a a, a michael jackson medley uh, on the roland ax1 which is the kind of strap on keyboard and he, it's pretty damn you know pretty pretty good considering you know it's quite there's lots of tempo changes and lots of sound changes and he's
4: he ain't bad at all i don't know sorry brilliant there was just this brilliant bit in that they were doing that thriller rehearsal and they'd use these incredibly cheesy sounds and just sort of naffing the whole thing up and he turns around to the keyboard player and says i'll choose a different sound that one's i hope that
1: the uh, stylophone people got in touch with him, and he made an, a fortune out of it. If he is a sort of comedic type fellow, because he deserves to be making a living from his work, because I think he's very funny, very amusing. Rich, did you uh, did you enjoy the, uh, the 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 baseline there? Very much so. I
2: <laughs> was, it's it's got I was little, a hip, hip it's Got a little hip hop myself.
1: It's got a tiny little um, sequencer in it, and uh, and they seem to sync up really well. I don't know how they do it, because I mean, presumably it's all freeform. So the clocks must be pretty accurate. They—I wonder how many times they had to do that to get it in time. Because there's a few instances where one is playing a loop over and over again, and there's another loop playing on the other one, and it, they stay in sync pretty damn well. I want to know who sold him that green mic cable. <laughs> hey, I've got some green mic cables here. Do you want one? Um. Oh sure. <laughs> is, is green hard to, is, Are green mic cables hard to come by in the uh, in the US? I.
3: Don't recall, I, I, you know, I'm sure they're easier than I think. What- <laughs> you just have to try harder. Mark, do you enjoy that? I did, yeah. Getting my head around that keyboard in a circle, I think that's kind of, because that's why it doesn't have three and a half, right? Because that would be that would be E sharp, wouldn't
1: it? Oh, I see, because it's three 13. No, it's 13 pads. So that would be uh, uh, an octave.
3: But it's got C like to one, C. and then all the semitones are one and a half, and then... So it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven notes. Oh, I know, yeah, I don't know how it's laid out there. That's a good point. D sharp, and so presumably it could carry on. You could switch the octaves, I guess. I wonder how many octaves that keyboard actually spans, if you can switch it between different octaves.
1: Yeah, I think it's got octave shift. I'm not sure, but they oh, did have to adapt the baseline, didn't they, to go down rather than up? <laughs> I noticed. Oh, right,
3: okay. Dun, dun, dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. Done, but dum 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 Went down to there. Anyway, stylophone beatbox. I think we all should get one, definitely. Looks like a lot of I'll fun, doesn't there. it? Oh, by the way, Mark, didn't you... Have you been um, having any joy with the... Uh, didn't I, we send you the Korg
3: cool sample to have a play with? You had any fun with that? You did, yeah. I've played around with it quite a bit, and I, I really like the glitch global effect on it, actually. The global effect, Yeah. That's... because it just sounds like an sk1 that's it sounds like a bent sk1 it's quite easy to make it sound like other things it's something that i imagine that i would fill up with a stock sort of set of samples that i might want to use anywhere yeah um whether or not i buy one or not i don't know i'm not sure about that because... you, you know you can process the live input I didn't know that. No, I might, oh, I might have to go and play with that later on. <laughs> what happens
1: is if you switch the effects on, the last key on the keyboard, if you press that down and press the effects on, that uh, automatically monitors the live input and then the effects are applied to effectively that key as well, which is just the line, the line input.
3: I see. I really should read the manuals for these things, but I just, you know, sort of... Sometimes sometimes you have to. Those little details occasionally get lost.
1: Exactly, sometimes they do. But that that was a nice little feature. Well, anyway, Stylophone Beatbox. I don't even know how long it's been out, but um, it's the first I heard of it, I must say. And that's been doing the rounds on Twitter, and uh, everybody's been posting it in their blogs and stuff. Uh, Once again, thanks to, uh, I think that was um, Synthtopia, James Lewin. Once again, the Arch Finder. (laughs) So that rather disjointed sound was, in fact, uh, the sound of... Uh, it, it, it's an unmentioned um, Swedish subway station where what they did is uh, a group of people called uh, The Fun Theory, who... Uh, this seems to be sponsored by Volkswagen in uh, Sweden. They uh, created... Uh, there's a, there, Basically, there are two ways to get out of the station. There's uh, an escalator and then some stairs. And they basically put this... Sp- sensitive material on the stairs and turned it into like a kind of uh, uh, a, key- a piano keyboard and as soon as people started kind of walking up and down it there were people playing instruments and, and apparently it increased the number of people who took the stairs by 66% and this whole kind of theory that, they're, uh, that they've they taken this further they also um, put a rubbish bin in a park with a little sound thing on it to- that when you put something in it goes <laughs> And it's called the bottomless bin. And again, you know, the people using the litter bin, that bin was uh, emptied sort of, you know, twenty times more often than any of the other ones in the park. You know, and all this. So you can kind of get the idea they're just trying to use sound and all sorts of things to kind of get us to to, uh, to change our behaviour. Otherwise, it was rather lovely. I mean, uh, uh, it didn't sound like a terribly fabulous um, piano sample, but a great idea nonetheless, don't you think? Loved I do. Rich, have you and this kind of, would you call this kind of installation art? I mean, I suppose it would be. Is it sound sculpture? Sure. Is, that, is that
2: sure. How? But what interests me mostly is the social implication. And in examining the social implication, I want to compare it to something else that I think we discussed a while back. I know I've seen it, which was a concert violinist in a train station, I believe, in the United States somewhere. Yeah. Stood busking basically with his case open and playing his magnificent you know style of violin. And the the premise there, the thing that it sought to prove, and in, and in fact sort of seemed to, was that very few people were interested. And so most people just passed him by and didn't notice how brilliant he was and that uh, you could put, you know, the, the, the theory being you could put some incredibly brilliant musician out in the public busking and most people just generally will walk right by and not notice, at least in that circumstance in the foyer there. That's what happened Here, to me. Well, me too, but uh, I don't play as well as that guy did. Um, but then you come to this, which is one in which they get to participate, and then there's a clear statistical uh, demonstration of people's interest in participating in making the noise themselves. Yeah. Which is a whole different experience from standing there and listening to somebody else make the noise. And uh, so what's interesting to me is that people were so are so entranced by their ability to participate easily and simply in a process like music making which also could lead to a discussion of why things like guitar hero and rock band and all that stuff are so popular as compared to just walking by some guy who plays like you know Paganini and you just don't even and people don't even notice
1: yeah, so, I, I,
2: I don't know. I'm not quite sure what to d- draw as a conclusion from all that, but it's interesting. Well, I
1: think there's also the anonymity of this installation because people will have to walk up the stairs or up and down, and it's not like you're performing something. So you kind of get to, and you, you can kind of slyly try and uh, quantize your steps, or you know, jump to do you know, do a uh, uh, an arpeggio without trying too hard. You know what I mean? And you can kind of demonstrate some musical ability or not without being without feeling any sort of um, Self conscious. Self conscious. That's what I was looking for.
2: So yeah. You see now, it, it's been suggested in the chat room that it's because there's no tip jar on the stairs, which is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so are people sufficiently put off by the supposed obligation to pay the guy? Is that it? Because some guys stopped and s- stared from across the room and watched him for a while. Most of the people who did watch him watched him from like across the room, from a safe distance away.
3: Was he dressed just- as a tramp, or was he dressed in his?
2: No, he's dressed like a normal person. Put you know, on jacket and scarf.
3: Yeah. I don't think he had a tux on, if that's what you mean. You know, big. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah.
1: You know, these guys, the FunTheory.coms, where you go. Um, it's obviously a great marketing spend for Volkswagen. Makes them seem like uh, caring environmental people when, in fact, they make uh, motor cars. You know, it's a great uh, carbon trading type of marketing <laughs> um,
3: yeah. thing, which is fine. Um, but well, what I want to know is how long did they run that thing for? Because it t- human beings are habitual, and it takes a quite a frequency of time for us to change our behaviour. So I think they say that you need to do something roughly twenty-seven times before you before it becomes or starts to become habit. So unless they leave that permanently on the stairs for long enough, maybe more than a month, so that some of those. Uh, regular travelers get to do that same exercise right. enough times that they then, they, they then take it away and they continue to know, use the stairs without knowing why, maybe. Um,
1: mm, that's possible. I mean, I, I mean, suppose if you don't get a payoff, you take, might just you know, go straight you know, back, back on the...
3: They're go not going to change human behavior unless they get right into the core of the person and change it at core being, because if they, if they just change it once, as soon as that's gone, they'll just go back to using the escalator. Right. Yeah, you
0: might
1: be right. But it's, you know, it, oh, yeah. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> okay, you are right. It was, a, But it's a great term. It's a great piece of, um, well, you know, marketing, I suppose. Let's just
4: call it what it is. I uh, love it. It would become irritating after a while. But it, I'll tell you what I'd love to do is go to the top and throw myself down the stairs. I think I'd feel an overwhelming urge to do that. Just, <laughs> Racket, that would be okay. good.
1: Uh, what's that? Uh, what's that um, famous scene? Is Battleship Potemkin, where the uh, where the um, which they stole from Goodfellas, I think, as well. The, uh, where the the pram goes bouncing down the stairs with the child in it, and it's in the middle of a terrible scene, and it's sort of somebody saves the child. But the, you could have the same sort of thing. What would happen if you rolled a, something big and bouncy down the down the stairs and see what that sounded like? <laughs> Probably like drum and bass, I'd
2: imagine. I have a pretty good idea what it would sound like if you'd like me to simulate it for you. <laughs>
1: i'd say that's it hey is that rich is that your uh, as your v piano arrived then
2: <laughs> that's a in
1: sonic ps12 whoa get you in your antique ways <laughs> <laughs> brilliant good. if there wasn't so Make much it. latency i'd join you on the wave drum oh yeah we could jam <laughs> um uh, I'd better do another ad on that uh, on that marketing uh, tip. I should mention that uh, we've also got our second sponsors, the second show sponsor, who are Loopmasters, who, don't forget, are the number one website and sample seed distributor, and they're dedicated to bringing you loads of inspirational con- collections of royalty-free sounds and samples from some of the top producers worldwide. We've got a couple of sample packs this week. Uh, Circuit Bent Sounds, Volume 2. Uh, it's the same as last week. I haven't had a chance to, to change them, but I might change them by tomorrow, so it's always worth checking this link. Uh, Paul Norris of circuitbenders.co.uk. He's an expert in circuit bending and uh, he basically released this uh, Volume 2 which is WAV, Acid, Rex 2, Reason, Rin Refill and Apple Loop format. We've also got Global Beatworks Volume 2 which are WAV, Acid, Rex 2, Apple Loops and they are basically two little sample packs that you can check out from loopmasters.com. All you have to do is send an email to freestuff at sonicstate.com we'll send you an email and you can also sign up to their newsletter and go visit the site and check out all the other stuff that they do because they do release quite a lot of stuff so please do check out loopmasters.com and while you're in the sort of loopmasters frame of mind uh, go check out looptv.next it's their online video resource looking at current DJ and club industry from a producer's viewpoint uh, they have interviews with uh, best club dance and electronic music makers on the planet uh, in fact this month I think there's uh, an interview with new jazz and broken beat duo the part time heroes and zombie breakbeat girl- Evil 9. Uh, Rob Jones also shows you ways to increase your reason power using the Matrix sequencer to modulate the Dr. Rex player. There's a whole bunch of stuff. They've also got some behind-the-scenes uh, information of the people who actually produce the sample CDs for them, so uh, please do check out looptv.net and if you want the free stuff, check out free stuff at sonicstate.com. We'll send you an email and you can do the rest from there. And once again, thank you very much to loopmasters.com for their continued sponsorship of the show. Should we talk about the new Mac Quad iMac, quad core, twenty seven inch. Did anyone see that it was announced very recently? It sort of came out of nowhere. Yes, yes. Oh, I am so tempted. It's expensive.
2: <laughs> By the time you load it up,
1: you reckon? I don't know what.
2: Not only did I reckon, I went onto their buy it now page and I started configuring it to what I think I might like to have if I were going to buy one, and it ended up coming to about twenty seven hundred bucks.
1: Oh, I really. Oh. Well,
2: it's nineteen ninety nine in its base configuration.
1: Yeah, but that's four Thanks. gigs of RAM, terabyte drive, and a 27-inch right. monitor.
2: Right. So I wanted a bunch more RAM and uh, a bigger drive, <laughs> and uh, maybe one or two other things.
1: Oh, because yeah, because was- you can't actually change the drive in those very easily, can you? It's like a kind of, you need special tools and, and what have you.
2: It's mm. I'd just rather not.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because my, my laptop was pretty expensive, and uh, I quite like the idea of having something that's quad-core. It'd be great for demoing stuff.
2: Well, on the laptop tip, they released new MacBooks that are made of some kind of polycarbonate single thing. It's just unibody construction out of some kind of polycarbonate thing. They got the, the weight down to like about four and a half pounds in, in our jargon. And uh, they took off the FireWire port and uh, put an LED screen in the thing and mm. did a few other things. And they're selling it for a thousand bucks.
1: Well, that's good. But no, no FireWire port, though. Sorry. Yeah. I don't you buy know, that. That's no good. Done. I guess you got
2: to buy the Pro to get FireWire ports, and I'm not even sure they got a 400 on there anymore.
1: No, you get an 800, but that's no problem because you can just get an adapter easy enough. I mean, it's a piece of cake. I'm using using one as we speak. But I have to say, um, because I've been using the uh, PCM, no, not the PCM. What is it called? The uh, the PCI Express card. I've got a a FireWire card in there, uh, and I put that in. But without fail, whenever you eject it, the Mac gray screens and you have to shut it down and that's real and that's just it's a feature it's a it is a feature because it's repeatable every single time that's even if you eject the card you know do all the things you're supposed to do you, the only way you can get it out is if you shut the mac down in case you're wondering so in case any of you were thinking about buying one of these and thinking I can just stick a card in it yeah sure you can but if you want to plug anything in or out of it you're going to have problems and the other thing is with the PCI express because that you push them in and then you push them again to click them out when you're putting a firewire cable into it it's very easy to sort mm. of unseat it and it just comes right out. So you want to watch out for that stuff.
4: But I, I thought the... I, I don't know. Dave, can you see mm. yourself using a 27-inch iMac? It would be rather nice. I mean, I've got two 20-inch monitors, but I would quite like the... Uh, Actually, that's huge, isn't it?
1: 27-inch <clears throat> screen, that is absolutely... We haven't got anything approaching that size in here.
4: No, very nice. In fact, my dad was just, just literally about to go out and buy a, a new Mac, having had two crap out on him in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I rang him last night when I got this email through, saying, "Hold on a week because these might filter through to the stores by then." But I mean, it actually, looks looks pretty slick. I mean, twenty seven inches is massive. Yeah, the
2: quad the quad core one is not due out for another month. Oh, isn't it? At least that's what it says. November,
1: but it gives knows. you gives you time to save up, eh? Um, Rich C wants to know in the chat room which express card I've got it here. It's a d-lock express card three-quarter i mean it's fairly standard i don't think there's you know that you don't need a driver or anything it, in it uh, uh, which again uh, also if you're running boot camp that doesn't recognize the uh these drivers uh, these cards you want to watch that i'm just uh, i'm just passing on the information and uh there's a drum roll just to because i can <laughs> 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 so, uh, oh, what do we got? Ah, oh, breakfast at Sulemo. Should we do that? It kind of end us on a little bit of a grumpy old men potentially yeah, uh, topic, yeah, yeah. but uh, why the hell not, eh? Uh, right, I've got it here somewhere. So here it comes.
4: Pancakes. We're going to hear two ditties today from Flo Ryder and Gemini Wolf. Would you like to take the first one, Bill?
0: Oh, jeez,
3: I didn't know I was here. Okay. The artist is Flo Ryder. <laughs> Song is right round. The album album is roots. Flow rider, a rapper who hails from
2: Florida, got his start performing with two live crew. I know I'm not gonna like
0: it. I must be changing because of my grandchildren going down the shore I play all this crap <laughs> so it wasn't too bad um, i
1: the feeling well, um, you get the drift. The, the idea behind this is, uh, it's, uh, a, somebody, it's by a film company or a production company called Scrapple TV. What they do is they take, they seem to have, uh, there's three kind of, I'd say they were probably septuagenarians, possibly. They look maybe in their seventies, uh, sitting around in a, a breakfast cafe, which I guess is, uh, Sulamese, and they're played contemporary pop music, uh, which they then have to, um, review. And it was quite, <laughs> and I, I just thought, wow, is this, uh, is this something that perhaps is in our future? This kind of, I, and I, I was hoping that perhaps it wasn't. But in fact, on when you listen to the whole thing, they're fairly open-minded about it and not sort of this is terrible noise. I don't understand it. There was, although the second song, which I think was I forget what they, who it was by, but it wasn't very good, and uh, they were quite right. It wasn't very good. Gemini Wolf. Gemini Wolf. That's right. It was very disjointed and not at all the, the thing. Whereas um, the, the first one, you know, was used a spin me right round 80 sample. What have you and everybody seemed to kind of go, yeah, I suppose it's a it's a dancey kind of thing. I just thought it was quite funny. Um and uh I what have I got in my notes? Uh is this a glimpse into our own future? Do you think it's essential that one should keep up to date about contemporary art or music so we don't become disconnected as it, as we get older?
3: Probably yes. <laughs> we should stay connected.
1: The thing is is when I wrote this down, I thought I wonder how this is going to sound when I actually speak these words. And uh, you know, now I, worked, I know.
3: <laughs> I worked something out. The other, I'm not that far off retirement. I think I'm, uh, seventeen or eighteen, no, 19, 18 years off retirement. Well, that's quite a long. So time. these guys can't be that far past retirement. So it's not long, really, in terms of lifespan. But what I really like about it, and what I really like about old people, is that they don't give a monkeys what they say, do they?
0: Generally I mean, they not.
3: Just no. Tell it like it is. You don't get any kind of. You don't get any fluff around the edges. I do Tai Chi with a whole load of people, and they're all in their 70s and 80s, in my, most of them in my class. And when you have a conversation with them, you just don't get the fluff around the edges. You just get the facts. So there's something kind of nice about that, I think. That, mm. You know, they're going to give you a very honest opinion about it without being caught up in the... Um, Niceties. The, media flow of hey this is the greatest latest thing you've got to like this oh i'm a teenager how cool i'll like it with the, but people you know i think i didn't think as a teenager i i got really into things that other people do because they were into them and maybe it's nice to have a clear objective opinion about things mm. Though i yeah no yeah I'm going to go with that. <laughs> that sounds
1: good. Uh, the governor in the chat room says I saw Jethro Tull at the, Jethro Tull at the weekend. Everybody was over fifty five except for me. Um, that's yeah, that's one of the things that because they're all coming out and doing uh, gigging again. It's sort of uh, you getting quite uh, interesting audience appeal. I don't know, Rich um, or Ma, or Dave. Do you find yourself um, worrying about um, becoming becoming a, well a miserable old git? I
4: already am. You are? (laughs) Yeah, I really am. I'm known as Mr. Grumpy. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I, I, actually it's a very easy thing to get into as you get older especially as you know you go through the whole kind of um, sleepless nights with kids and stuff and it's very easy just to stay there and not actually come out the other side feeling all sort of uh joyous and what have you i think it, it's one thing you have to be very careful of i would imagine you have
3: to work it out.
1: yeah i think you must do yes. it. i've only got one i'm still i'm working on it but i'm not i'm i'm not as good i'm not as
3: ungrumpy as i should be when it comes to being at home <laughs> i find it yeah, a really yeah, easy yeah, thing to live a- up to <laughs> <laughs> There's an ungrumping process, and it's called going to bed at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. I tried that. Every, every once in a while, I'll do that and sleep for, like, 12 hours or something. The day after, you're still grumpy. But the day after that, you have sort of <laughs> get it back into the routine, and then your grumpiness seems to fade. Ah, uh,
1: okay. Rich?
3: <laughs> yeah?
1: Anything to add?
2: <laughs> um, well, I like what Mark said about old people having a lot... Uh, being much more direct about it they've got nothing to live up to in terms of peer pressure or uh, uh, having to satisfy any preconceived notion of how they should react to anything and i think these people were very fair i really like the atmosphere of them sitting around a diner for breakfast in the morning talking about this stuff that that part of it i really like uh strictly from an entertainment perspective
3: that's got to be a denny's hasn't it Oh, it well, no, it's been, a, like, there, around, was a, there was an around. establishing shop from the outside.
2: Probably a diner, you know, an independent-owned diner. Well, no, in the, in the States here, and I think you know, there's, there's tons of, especially in the New York area and the Northeast, diner culture is very strong. They have these restaurants called diners where you go and you can order just about anything at any time of the day or night. And I think the diner concept came originated with the idea that they were built out of train cars in the beginning.
1: Ah uh, yeah yeah that's why they they have that sort of 50s kind of chromey thing isn't it They look like kind well, of big airstreamers some yes. of them
2: Yeah and well, now they've all been renovated to have all kinds of mirrors and flashy aluminum panels shining at you and stuff and yeah. they all they all tend to do baking on the premises and it's mm. kind of a, it's kind of a cultural thing here <laughs> the diner
4: thing It's brilliant I love it Good breakfast in a good diner in yeah, the New York. Yeah, New York is fab,
1: isn't it? I, 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 well, that's a nice link, actually, because uh, I, I did mention it in the sort of pre-chat before the programme, but last week I went out to Real World to film a classics track thing with uh, a Scandinavian broadcaster. They were doing a thing about Tom's Diner, and I had to transfer the multi-track and stuff and go and talk about Tom's Diner, um, which uh, I did have is a track from my past. And that was quite interesting, going to the studio where you're usually just sort of going to work and having a film crew in tow certainly changes the way that you're treated, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 it was great fun, really good fun. But uh, the problem is is when I talk in front of a camera or whatever, and I'm confident that I'm going to edit it, I kind of, I'm much more conscious of what I'm saying. Whereas when I'm talking to somebody else interviewing me, I talk a lot of rubbish really fast, and I can't just stop. I overqualify. So he's going to have, a, he's going to have an absolute nightmare turning that into anything that's... Uh, of any use and i uh, good luck to you christian i hope you're having a nice time in new york he's gone to see <laughs> suzanne in new york uh, and they're in fact going to tom's diner to do one oh, another wow. part of the interview i think superb series, i want ser- to see this yeah well it, apparently it's a series of six uh pieces that I, I, i'm trying to remember what the other ones were there's something from uh, two unlimited which is a sort of swedish kind of hat i think there was also, and they're also doing, what was the other one that they were doing? Roxette, which I thought was classic because it's the, all the Scandinavian t- uh, TV companies are combining to, to make this a joint venture. So I think Sweden are doing Roxette. <laughs> I forget which one it was.
3: Wow. I but, remember being on stage with two unlimited ones. And I think it was with Duran Duran. And I think our uh, sound engineer moved something that they didn't want him to move. A monitor guy moved something they didn't want him to move. And this huge six-foot-two guy just came over and punched him. Really?
1: Was he <laughs> exactly. one of the two unlimited guys or
3: the, uh, or the crew? The Sorry?
1: Was he one of the, the crew or one of the... Uh... I think
3: he was the two unlimited's manager. Ah, okay. I think he'd already told somebody, don't touch that. And the monitor guy hadn't heard and went running over, scurrying around, getting stuff ready. And then bang, flat on the deck. That's a
1: little unreasonable. It was. I suppose if there's a
3: language barrier, it's a lot quicker than having an argument. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I don't know but it didn't it didn't make for a particularly uh, uh, I, you know yeah, stomach churning show let's say yeah. so we were sort of just waiting for something else to kick off for oh the rest. my I remember doing
1: some PAs with them because they were touring about the same time as us doing um, European promo um, Belgian and Dutch yes I think he says uh, yeah. as your head um, she was very very pretty I remember and the guy was very good looking as well together they were quite a couple. No, no, yes. no, 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 no. Yeah, that's right. What a classic that was. <laughs> classic And so. they, they, I think they were the first exponents of the what you call the Euro-knocking bass drum. Just a like, doof, 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 doof. Yes. Anyway. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm now I'm digressing. Anyway, that's what I did last week. But now I've got a wave drum to play with. You got a tumbleweed in that wave drum? <laughs> no, I could jam along with the tumbleweed.
0: Right find, next to
1: the piano pad. Let me try and find it. Yeah. I'm not doing a very good job of demonstrating how great it is, because it is that's, actually... That's
2: what I hear from the percussionist in the back of the band, yeah.
1: It's, yeah, there's tons. <laughs> I mean, because the thing is, is you know, there, there are four banks with 100 memories in each one. So there's a, there is quite a lot of stuff to, to sift through. Um, you know what's
2: funny is that Zappos percussionists have been using electronic drums since the late 70s. And they really haven't found any more valid use for them than what those guys were doing back then. Yeah, I guess. You have to try it, Rich. I mean, it is very much like a real instrument. No, I have. I have. And not only have I tried, but my sons, the drummers, both played them with sticks and brushes at AES. Oh, right. They did, did they? Did they enjoy them? Um, They enjoyed them to an extent, but my son James in particular felt that the head is not sufficiently tight or tightenable to achieve real snare-like response.
1: That may be true. Um, I, there is a drum key with it. You can tighten it up. I don't know how tight it will go, but it is... Well, this was
2: this came to us from a very, very reliable yeah. uh, source, unnamed source at Korg, who told us, no, that's about as tight as it's going to get. Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's going to be um, something that you would necessarily use it to replace a real snare, for instance. Well, they, it, they do uh, advertise
2: that it'll work, respond very well to
1: brush playing. Okay. I've not tried that. I'll have to. I'll have to wipe. wipe My kids
2: were hitting it with mallets, brushes, sticks, all kinds of things. I'm uh, rubbing it.
1: Now this is the noise it's making.
2: It's funny. That's a lot like the noise I make when you. Never mind.
1: I won't, well, I'm not going to pass the judgment. I'm, I've been enjoying it. I tell you, it is, a very <laughs> phys, it is a very physical instrument, and it's quite nice to have an electronic instrument that is so physical. You know, you really... I was working up a bit of a sweat earlier, just trying to kind of just hitting it, because to get the, the high end of the dynamics out of it, you've really got to give it a wallop. You know, it's quite a... Um, yeah, it's quite... It is quite physical. Um, and it, it feels like playing a drum. You know, you do have to hit it quite hard, and my fingers hurt, but, you know, yes. I'm not a drummer.
2: I think it responds best uh and most naturally as a hand drum. Yeah, I would say. In other words, as playing uh, hand drum simulations. Uh not that you can't not that you can't knock out a taiko drum at a moment's notice, but just that it the kind of subtlety it's well suited to. I like I'd like to see Giovanni Hidalgo or Zakir Hussein on this thing. Just for five minutes.
1: I'm just trying to find Guys the...
2: with those ridiculous hands and fingers.
1: Yeah, there is a Oh, there's a snare. Here we go. And that's, you know, there are some snare ones in it. And, you know, I, I've yet to explore. Literally, it's been out of the box for about an hour and a half. So, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Although, it's gonna, you're going to have to wait a little while because I'm going to be away next week at Disney. And uh, that means there's going to be no show unless uh, you guys want to get it together yourselves, which you're mo- more than welcome to. But I imagine you probably all want a week off. It's always good to have time off once in a while. There's none of Did us you?
2: who could do what you do, Nick.
1: Oh, Rich. Too- Did I set that up that transparently? <laughs> Sorry about that.
4: <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Fishing. Could you could you imagine the technical difficulties we'd run into?
1: Yeah, there are other ways to do this. I mean, you know, you, you can do it in other ways. Um you could record all record locally and then stick them back together again and, you know, what have you. In uh, the edit. I and all that sort arras- of thing. You yeah. could. Or you Arrest could not my case so anyway folks um, that's pretty much it I've got to get home um, before it gets dark um, just because I've got a, a few things I've got to do tonight because uh, we've got some preparation to do before we go away and I'd just like to say thank you very much to everybody in the chat room for joining us so I've had a good fulsome, fulsome remember the transcript will be available with the show notes which should be around sometime tomorrow UK time in the morning and so uh, I'll, it remains to me to thank uh, our guests who are with me in person although, albeit digitally and I'll start with Rich Hilton because he's the Furthest away, uh, obviously, in uh, in the states. Rich, been a pleasure. Always fun. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, fellows. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very you much. Will. And have a great time in the studio this week, where you work with the highest caliber of artists and musicians on a regular basis. I forgot yes. to do your proper introduction this week, but uh, so I'm, oh, I'm trying to compensate for it right now. <laughs> anyway, Rich, been been great. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm and i will say thank you also to mark tinley autismhero.com thanks for joining us and rushing back and uh, risking your life and limb with a uh, an errant teenager <laughs> you're very welcome
3: i'm uh, gonna put a picture to, of my motorcycle in the chat room i took it out the other day and i completely forgot to record it but i did take some photographs of it in a river
1: wow that- cool and uh, finally dave spears g4 software thank you for joining us as well thank you good fun I'll, uh, we'll try and get you together with this wave drum maybe you can uh, see what you make of it I think you might enjoy it Yeah, yeah, no. Good, sure. and uh, we'll th- thank once again our show sponsors who are yamaha.co.uk if you want to check out the, uh, the offers and what they've got to offer please go to sonicstate.com forward slash yamaha there's a list of links and what you can do there and also loopmasters.com remember if you want the free stuff email freestuff at sonicstate.com that was Sonic Talk number 151 uh, and that's all for this week and thank you very much
0: Oh. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin I came to win, but only that's a sin. I won't tear the sack up, fuck you better back up Tryna play the role and you're the whole crew will act up, get up, stand up, come and put your hands up And if you get to feel it, jump across the ceiling Punks is a phone flow, I'll make a talking jump Floor, I got some in my eye, and then I take the points home Feel it, funk it, amps in the trunk And I got more rounds in the cops Hit a dunking donut shot, soon after Cop tops on the kids from the hills. But my mop my hops, I can't get down I can't get down, to get out, you see jump around. Come 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 on, jump around, jump around, jump around.